Hey, it's Jay, and I wanted to try something a little bit different today on Unthinkable. So if you're a longtime listener, you know this. If you're new here, welcome, uh, and you'll pick up on this really soon. But Unthinkable episodes are pretty heavy lift to create. It's a lot of production that goes into them, and I love the whole process, but, you know, it is something that takes a while. And in between those things, I feel like I find all these stories or concepts I have all these ideas, I observe things, or people send me things that I don't really get to share in between episodes here. And usually what I do is every Friday morning, I send my newsletter, it's called Playing Favorites, uh, as a kind of creative pep talk. And that's usually where my perspective or experience of something goes. So right now, we're exploring this concept of the next rep. If you missed any of this, don't worry. Go back and listen to the episode titled The Gap. And you might also want to check out the preceding episode called Experts versus Explorers, which kind of sets us up almost like a, a prologue heading into the gap. Anyways, we're exploring the next rep. And so my newsletter fits into this investigation, this journey that we're on to understand and change things um, in a very specific way. It is my perspective. I am trying to make sense of something probably for the first time. And then Unthinkable is usually, it's melded with my perspective, of course, but it's usually from others' perspectives. It's others' stories. Together, it kind of fits as like a, a joint journey. And then what we do is we try to go deeper on these ideas and put them into action and talk about them in my membership group, Make What Matters. So you can see there's a harmony in this like triumvirate of projects between Playing Favorites, my newsletter, Unthinkable, the podcast, and Make What Matters, the community group. Anyways, long way of saying, I think there's space to run some of the playing favorites, best of material right here on the podcast. So I'm going to call these one shots because unlike the editing and retakes and just incredible labor that goes into the stories I produce elsewhere, these are just going to be straight reads from me. But I think you're going to find that they're a part of this journey we're on. And I kind of felt like, why try to force everybody to my newsletter? I, I do know it's more beneficial to my business to have an email list than to have everybody listen on Apple or Overcast or Spotify. I get that. But at the same time, if you're a big part of this journey and you're really into it and you're someone who likes to learn through audio, why not give it to you? Why not meet you where you're at? So it's equal parts of production efficiency for me, of course, but also a way to hopefully more deeply serve more people because that's really what I want to have happen. I want to help more people and have a greater impact with my work. Okay, so... Let's head into the first ever one shot. If you like these, please let me know. Tweet me at Jay Akunzo or email me J, J-A-Y, at unthinkablemedia.com. I really want to hear from you because I will keep doing these if I get even a small signal that some people really like these. All right, let's try this. This one shot is titled Making Bad. In another life, I wanted to be a sports journalist. I actually spent my entire college experience focused on that one goal. I wrote for the student paper and then became an editor. I interned at small print publications on the shoreline in my home state of Connecticut. I applied for and won a scholarship that was awarded to just seven students nationally every year in memory of the Baseball Hall of Fame writer, Jim Murray. I even landed an internship at ESPN before I graduated. Now, for the purposes of today, the reasons I left sports media behind aren't all that important. The kind of TLDR here, the economy was really bad and my ego was way too big to move to a tiny town and cover a sport I didn't love. But more important to our story right now 
is my recent realization that I possess a pretty common characteristic found among journalists. I'm actually kind of a cynic. I can be quite skeptical of things, especially if the thing is popular. If it's popular, I immediately look for reasons to dislike it, or at least question it. And this characteristic comes through in my non-sports, mostly business-focused writing. I mean, my first book is called Break the Wheel. It's not called Maybe Step Gingerly Off the Wheel, or Let's Give the Wheel Another Chance, Come On Guys, or It's Not You, Wheel, It's Me. Nope. Break the Wheel. So yeah, I have a cynical, skeptical streak in me. For example, recently, my blood starts to boil when I hear words like influencer or NFT. Tell me that Bitcoin is popular, and I think, oh, Bitcoin must be bad. As for Clubhouse, I like speaking to rooms full of people, but it's of course doomed to fail as an app and a business because of all these financial and cultural reasons, which I will name to you right now. So yes, if it's trending or popular or big, my eyes narrow, I shake my head, and I become old and crotchety until I'm damn near telling others to get off my lawn. All the makings of a lifelong journalist. My cynicism and skepticism don't consume me. They're not most of who I am. I'm mostly warm and fuzzy and gregarious and idealistic. I'm an optimist, which doesn't mean I ignore the bad, but it means I believe that the good will win out. I believe there's light at the end of the tunnel, and the light will push aside most of the darkness. Being an optimist is useful in my line of work, but so too is occasionally being cynical and skeptical. Recently, my skepticism I'm going to trademark that, by the way. You can't have it. My skepticism has been flaring up again. Everywhere I go, I find the same success story being told. The legend of the creative genius. You've heard the legend of the creative genius before, haven't you? I'm sure of it. It goes like this. A person starts their career doing a thing they didn't enjoy, but which seemed like the correct choice. Like, for example, they became a lawyer. After being miserable for a while, they decide to rebel. And looking back on their lives, it turns out that, surprise, their childhood was littered with proof that they would enjoy this newer, more rebellious thing more than the older, stuffier thing. But then they lost sight of that over the years. And now that they're back to being their true selves again, they find success. But then... An obstacle. They go too big too soon, or they burn out, or some unexpected trend, or greedy corporation, or villainous person tries to ruin them. Somber reflection, earnest humility, pithy insight, pithy insight, pithy insight, soft music lingers, fade to silence. Hold silence for effect. A little more and you're in your feelings. But wait. What's that? Perky xylophone music starts. Today, things are great. They've overcome that one big obstacle, and they're successful. And not just successful, they're ridiculously, mind-numbingly, unattainably successful. They say words like millions and billions casually. They have 742,000 Twitter followers, and they follow just one person back. It's their own company. (laughs) Silly. They appear on How I Built This and The Tim Ferriss Show. And as they tell their story, they refer to a big-name industry titan as simply big. The interviewer cuts in. You mean big-name industry titan? Oh, oh yeah, 
uh, he's a friend. He's actually why I got into transcarmalized meditation teas. Anyways, Big and I were at Burning Man. The legend of the creative genius, 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 genius. My eyes narrow, I shake my head, and I become old and crotchety until I'm damn near telling others to get off my lawn and off my feed and out of my podcast player. Because get out of here with that story, man. It's not that they're simply popular that causes my cineskepticism to flare up. It's because they aren't true. Successful creative people don't have careers or bodies of work that look remotely like those stories. The stories are whitewashed and warped to fit a narrative and appeal to the masses, and they're reductionist in their very nature because fitting someone's lifetime into your runtime forces you to omit details. And I get it. I create stories about creative people for a living. The pull towards a cleaner, neater, more linear career success story is very real and very tempting. But when an interviewer, a narrator, or a writer, or maybe the subjects themselves, refuses to admit to the mess that was made and root to success, it has real ramifications to other mere mortals gazing up at the legends. Because the legends become the model, and when people try to copy their careers to match, they inevitably get stressed, burnt out, or quit. Or maybe they don't even start. All because they think the legend is the truth. But it's not. It's a myth. I mean, you wouldn't model your life after Hercules or Achilles, would you? Sure, maybe, and I mean maybe. A few people did actually follow that nice, clean, linear path to success, but they are the extreme outlier. And by the way, they're not an outlier because they have some magical gift or secret insight any more than they're the outlier because they read more Gladwell than you or I. No, they got lucky, otherworldly lucky. Trying to model ourselves after that kind of luck is like trying to fund our lives and our work by winning the lottery. Except this type of lottery costs way more than a few bucks to play the game. It costs years. Actual, successful creators we admire are not the legends they seem. So what are they? They're bad. Being great at this work means shipping thing after thing, logging rep after rep, slogging through the practice each day, which means that you ship a lot of bad stuff en route to the occasional good thing. Those good things are then fuel to continue slogging forward. If you consider my newsletter or this podcast any good, thank you by the way, it's only because I've created 10x more bad things than good, at least. Also, I haven't done this creator thing nearly as long as the quote-unquote legends that appear all over the media, so imagine how much bad stuff they've made. This is one of my firmest beliefs, and it's my sincerest hope that you'll take it to heart right here, right now. The difference between people we admire and everyone else is they've made more bad stuff than everyone else. Making meaningful things is a craft. It requires practice. It's repetition plus reinvention over time. As Ira Glass has said, the only way to get through that gap between your taste, in other words, what you can imagine creating, and your skills, what you can actually create, is to do a lot of work. You're going to be bad at this pretty often. But, you know, sometimes you won't be. The legend of the creative genius causes us to place certain people up on a pedestal, and I actually think that's okay. We all draw inspiration and energy from others. 
But if we're going to put our heroes up on a pedestal, we can at least learn what the pedestal is made of. It's not made of marble. It's made of crap. To get to the point where they're doing work worth admiring, they did a lot of work that wasn't. On balance, most of what the legends made was bad. Which means, if we wanted to evaluate their entire bodies of work all at once, we'd have to declare, they're actually bad at this. They weren't all that great at this creative stuff, save for a bunch of times that they were. And that's enough. Amazing. We can all do that. If we want breakthroughs like they experience, we need more mass behind us, pushing against the wall in order to break through. The late nights, the messy drafts, the false starts, the failed attempts, and every single insight and idea and connection we make along the way, it all matters. It all adds up. It's practice. It's connected. It's the body of work that matters most. Grow your body of work, and you add some good stuff to the pile, but mainly, you add more crap. Any accurate assessment of a creative quote-unquote genius leads to one conclusion. They are not. In fact, it's not their genius so much as their practice, their willingness to make more bad things than most people are willing to tolerate, all while aspiring to be good the whole while. I think that is what separates them. And maybe that should be their legacies when we tell their stories. So what are we waiting for? Let's start making bad. Aspire to something great, but ensure you're taking one step towards it today. Making anything good means making anything bad, and all our heroes are actually bad a lot more than we are. Just think about that. You might think of this as a cineskeptical view of things, but I actually see it as hopeful, because anyone can make, and eventually, if we persist, make something that makes a difference. You'll never live up to the legends. But then again, neither did the legends. And that, my friend, causes my eyes to widen, my head to nod, and a childlike energy to fill me as I go cartwheeling around my lawn. I'm optimistic. Thanks for listening. This was originally an edition of my newsletter, Playing Favorites. You can subscribe and get one new story and idea every Friday at jayakunzo.com slash newsletter. If you like this idea of me doing the one shot, I can do these once or twice a month. Please let me know. Do you want more of these? Jay at unthinkablemedia.com or at jayakunzo. This episode, like every episode, is made possible thanks to the financial and emotional support of my membership group, Make What Matters. You can subscribe for just $13 a month to support this show and get a couple of bonus posts once in a while. Or you can become a full-fledged monthly or annual member. Inside the group, our goal is to elevate each other's creativity and support each other by giving and getting feedback, tinkering on actual projects that affect our work and our careers, and building our overall bodies of work. Don't wait to make what matters. Visit makewhatmattersgroup.com. I'll be back with another very special episode of the show very soon. Until then, keep making what matters. Bye bye.